That was some sweet singing here tonight. I had to just stop and, and listen to y'all sing and listen to them sing. They've done a good job today. Doug trained them well. We don't have a PowerPoint tonight, by the way, so you just follow along in your Bible, and if you want to make some notes, you can. The title of the message tonight is When Jesus Speaks in Church. When Jesus Speaks in Church. And we're going to be coming from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, looking at verses 31 through 37. Luke, chapter 4, verses 31 through 37. A familiar story, not anything unusual, but we just want to take this and look at it and make application of it to our own circumstances, to our own lives. As we read the scripture together, beginning to read in verse 31, the Bible says he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. And in the synagogue there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. And they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority... And power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. So tonight I just want us to walk through this story, as I said, in an effort simply to apply it to our own circumstances. And we want to talk about what happens when Jesus speaks in church. Now I understand uh, that he was not in church according to scripture here, but he was in a synagogue in Capernaum. But the principles of what was happening there will also be true anytime that Jesus speaks in church. And here is number one. When Jesus speaks in church, his presence there will be purposeful and intentional. The first thing that I would have you to see is that uh, Jesus Ned never did anything with a sense of it being random or tentative. He was not in Capernaum on a whim, nor was he speaking in their synagogue incidentally or accidentally. He went to Capernaum and he went to this synagogue in particular. He could have spoken anywhere in that community. He could have spoken on a hillside or perhaps by the sea. But I suggest that he went with full awareness of who would be present. He knew every name and every need. So let's take that, that same idea and apply it to our circumstances. Should Jesus speak in our church, he will do so with the same sense of purpose, aware of every person present in every need. Nothing in this room or in our lives will take him by surprise. His presence will be intentional and the message that he delivers will be tailored to the concerns, complications, and challenges that are specific to individual lives. So his presence in Capernaum and at this synagogue in particular was intentional and purposeful. 
I also want to speak to those who were in the synagogue on that particular day. They were the ones who would most benefit from his visit. Now, I appreciate people who watch services on YouTube, and somebody's going to be watching tonight, and I'm glad you're watching, but there is a dynamic unique to being present in the church with God's people that simply cannot be captured by watching as an outsider. That's what we're actually doing as we look back on what happened in their church. We are, we are viewing their service. We're looking at it from the outside, trying to determine the dynamic of what it was like for Jesus to speak in their church. Number two, when Jesus speaks in church, those who will benefit most, as, as we've already said, will be those who have made it their priority to be present. And tonight, that's you. Should Jesus speak in our church tonight, those who benefit most from it will be those of you who are right here, right now. I'm concerned that we have a growing number of one-service Christians and one-service pastors who are content to have one service on Sunday. Look, there is no greater need in any of our lives than to be with Jesus and to hear from Jesus. I always come to church. I have always come to church expecting to hear from Jesus. That is the one longing of my heart. I want to have a word from him. And I try to remind myself that there are people who come uh, who need to hear from Jesus and there are others who simply want to hear from Jesus. That's why we're here. We're not here for information or, or just for inspiration or fellowship. We are here to hear from Jesus. Now, what were those people? Why were they there that day? What was that day to them? Well, that day to them, I remind you, unlike for so many people today, that day for them was holy. It was the Sabbath day. They were in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. They were remembering the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Being in the Lord's presence for them on that day was not an option. It was their duty. They were keeping that commandment and they counted as a privilege to be in the Lord's presence. Too many people today find being in church a burden or a bother or a bother, but what a privilege it is to be present when Jesus speaks in church. And that was his intent in being there. He went there to speak in their synagogue. He went there to address needs in general and needs in particular. And that will also be true in our circumstances uh, here tonight. So the third thing we see is that he was there to speak to them. He was there to teach them. He was there with the word for those people who were present. I want to ask you a question. Is that what happens here on Sunday when we open his word? Is the Holy Spirit present? to guide us into all truth? Is he teaching you? Are you in tune with him? Is there, is there someone talking to you besides the man in the pulpit? Have you ever considered that? Now, I'm not naive enough to believe that I can 
address your concerns, that I can even speak beyond your external hearing. Unless Jesus is speaking, unless he is present, then none of us have any hope of anything happening in our lives or, or in our service. I don't know about you, but I need to hear from Jesus. I need to know that he knows my name and that he knows my needs and that he has a word for me in my circumstances. I want to hear from him. Perhaps you've had one of those moments in your life when you immediately recognize that you've transcended the moment from hearing the preacher, just merely hearing the sermon. And I always say that Jesus speaks between the lines of what the preacher is saying. I believe that with all my heart. That's been my own experience. As I've listened to someone preaching, to someone's message, God has dealt with me, not always along the lines of the message, but I've heard him. I've been in that moment when the, the moment's been transcended from I'm just hearing the preacher. So suddenly I know I'm hearing the voice of another. I'm hearing a word from the Lord. Somehow in a way that is governed only by the Lord himself, that happens in the church. He has a message beyond the message that the preacher is preaching. In that moment, you meet the Lord in the service of your church. You realize that he's speaking and that he's speaking directly to you. What is it that you discover? Now, the preacher's sermon makes suggestions. Uh, the preacher might make, might make some nice suggestions about what you need to do and steps you need to take. And he might, his sermon might even give you steps to take to be a happier believer or steps to take to be closer to the Lord. He teaches, he speaks, but he has no authority. These people recognized the authority of Jesus. Now, uh, when a commanding general comes into the room, the lowliest of soldiers stands at attention because he recognizes the presence of authority. Uh, now you're not listening to a preacher speaking to a group. Suddenly you realize that you're listening to the Lord Jesus Christ himself speaking to you about your life, speaking to you about your needs, and speaking to you about your sins, and speaking to you about your circumstances. Jesus is speaking in church. What happens when Jesus speaks with church? Well, the fourth thing that we can say, as we see it here, when he speaks, he speaks with authority. What do you do in response to authority? Well, there's only one response. There's a voice that you can listen to, and that's my voice. But when Jesus speaks in church and you realize God is speaking to you, then you have no choice but to obey. You're being compelled to do something, to adjust your thinking and to adjust your living in keeping with what he's teaching you. It's not just a preacher preaching or, or something that is happening in the service. Jesus is speaking in church. What was the response of these people, by the way, to the teaching of Jesus? Well, the simple English explanation in English is, often way too simple, and it is on this occasion. The English word, the simple English word, is that they were astonished. But the Greek word means to strike out. In other words, you got your fist balled up and you're ready to strike out, to expel by a blow, to drive out or away, to cast off by a blow, to drive out, to strike with panic or with shock. Now, this is more than just listening to a sermon. It's being punched in the gut or, as on the day of Pentecost, being cut to the heart. That's what happens when Jesus speaks in church. But that's not all that happens. Number five, when Jesus speaks in church, 
there will be a confrontation with that which is evil in you. There was confrontation here. The presence of Jesus and the authority of Jesus exposed the evil in one person's life. Whenever the gospel is preached as it should be, there will be a confrontation with evil that is present in the church. Now, remember here, this man wasn't an outsider. He was in the synagogue on the Sabbath. And in his life, in that man's life, probably there every Sabbath day, probably sat with those people all the time in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. There was a man in the synagogue who had an unclean spirit in his life. When I was a boy, I used to go hunting with my dad. My dad was a quail hunter and he hunted with dogs. We had dogs in the backyard and a big pen in the backyard. And uh, dad would get out in the backyard and he'd train those dogs to, to point and hunt and then we'd go hunting, and we'd go out in the woods, and as you know, you might not know, but, but quail sort of get out on the ground, and they get in little groups called, my dad called them coveys. I don't know actually how many quail are in a covey, whether it's two or ten, but they, they're down on the ground, and the dog will sniff around, and the dog will find them, and then the dog will strike it, and, 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 and a person who's a quail hunter who's got a quail dog knows that perfect point when that dog lifts up his leg and his tail sticks straight out, and he freezes. He's found the quail. And then my dad would give the command, and when my dad gave the command, the dog would run and flush those quail up, and my dad would ready his gun, and he would shoot. And we'd come home, we'd have quail and biscuit one night for supper. I see something similar happening here. The word of the Lord Jesus Christ exposes this man and this evil spirit. He's discovered hiding as he was there in the synagogue. You know, that's exactly what Jesus accused people of when he went in to clean the temple. He went in to clean the temple. He found all those people in the temple. He said, look, he said, my father's house is to be a house of prayer, but you've made it a robber's hideaway. You're just a bunch of sinners hiding in here. And he cleansed the temple of that. And that's what he was doing in the synagogue that day. Have you ever been confronted by Jesus when he spoke in church? Has he ever exposed you, challenging you in an area of your life that was in conflict with him? That's what happens when Jesus speaks in church. Not only was there confrontation in that synagogue next, but there was resistance in that synagogue. Think about it. What was it in that man that was resisting the Lord Jesus Christ? What was it in him that was resisting the Lord Jesus Christ? It was an unclean spirit. What is it in you that resists the Lord Jesus Christ and what he wants to accomplish in your life? What is it that he speaks to that you will not yield to under his authority? Whatever that is, it is an unclean spirit. So if the gospel is being preached as it should be, these same things will be true. Jesus will be in the church just as surely as he was with them. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. And behind the preacher's preaching, whoever the preacher is, there is another voice being heard in your life. It's the voice of authority. It commands and exposes all that's evil in you. And you'll notice the man's resistance was strong. The Bible says he spoke with a loud voice. I like the Greek word there as well. He spoke with a megalophone. That's exactly the word, a megaphone. And that's where we get the idea of a megaphone. It was really loud. 
When I was in Hamilton, about the first two years I was there, our, our services were on television. We had a, a lot of people in the church. One Sunday I walked in, I noticed there was a lady sitting on the front row. I didn't notice much about her. Somebody else noticed that she was barefooted. I didn't notice that she was barefooted. I didn't know the lady. It was the first time she'd been in church. And about, I sat over here on this side. The minister of music was at the platform, at the pulpit, leading the music. And all of a sudden, the lady got up, and she began to walk up on the platform. Now, he thought it was something that I had planned. I thought it was something that, she, that he had planned until she opened her mouth. And when she opened her mouth, she said, Sit down. This is not of God. Just exactly that way. Well, we were astonished, to say the least. Escorted her off the platform, out into the hallway, and the police were called, and they came and retrieved her. But there was something unusual about that woman. There was something unusual in that situation. There, in our church. Something unusual. Here in this church, something unusual, but not unusual. Because in you or in me, there can be an unclean spirit, something resisting the work of the Lord. Now, I would say to you that this, if it's true about you, is no more a secret to you than it was a secret to that man on that day. You know what is in you. And you know what Jesus wants to do with what is in you. And tonight, you hear the Lord Jesus rebuking the unclean spirit in you just as surely as that man heard it. What happened in that synagogue where Jesus was present? Well, the Bible says the unclean spirit came out of that man having done him no harm. What Jesus wants to do to that unclean spirit in you will not harm you. Whatever it is that you're resistant to, let me just tell you, Jesus won't harm you. Jesus will leave you absolutely unharmed. It will bless you. It will bless your family. It will bless your church to allow Jesus to do what he wants to do in your life. But allow that unclean spirit to remain where it is and it will harm you and it will harm you, your family and it will harm your church and it will harm everything else it can. Now, so often after Jesus spoke or worked, you can track it in the Gospels. Even in the life of the disciples, they were on the, in the storm at sea. They were scared to death. Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat. They wake him up and say, don't you care? We're about to perish. We're about to sink in the storm. Jesus rebukes the storm, and suddenly they are, they are more afraid of Jesus in the boat, who has the power to rebuke the storm, than they were of the storm. It's the same here. The Bible says here that they were amazed. And this word amazement means a sense, it, there was a sense of fear with that on all who were present because they saw the commanding power of the Lord Jesus executing his authority against an unclean spirit in the life of an individual in their synagogue. You see here that they noticed three things about the word of Jesus. First, it had authority. Not only did it have authority, second, it had power. Not only did it have a power to execute that authority, he spoke commandingly, and whatever he commanded happened because these unclean spirits had no option but to obey him. And it's that last point that I want us to ponder as we move toward our invitation. 
What, what is going to happen in your life when Jesus speaks in church? Perhaps you've considered some unclean spirit that abides in your life or, or controls your life. Perhaps you've tried on your own to, to expel it to no avail. We've talked about that. Look, when you're in the flesh, you can't do, you can't even in your own Christian life banish the devil who's bothering you, afflicting you, oppressing you. You have no power to do it. Only Jesus can do that as you yield up your life to him. Perhaps you've tried on your own to expel it, but you see the great truth of this passage tonight. If behind my words there's the word of another, if he, has, if he is here, to, if he's present to speak to the unclean spirit that has power over your life, he also has the power to expel it, to command it, to banish it. Is Jesus speaking in your church? What is it that he wants to do in your life? What is it he wants to do in mine? Jesus said that if I thirst, I should come to him. Jesus said that if I fear, I should come to him. But Jesus said that if I am lost, he will come to me. That little song we're going to sing just now, we sang it this morning, is amazing to me. There's a message in that song for you tonight about the Jesus who stood in this synagogue on that Sabbath day who has promised to be with us in our church on this day that we call Sunday, our Sabbath, to do the very same thing. And he is strong and kind. Would you stand with me as we sing? Girls, come on.